Emer Burke. What a great name. Have you heard of that? E-I-M-E-R. Beautiful name. Emer, what, what does it mean? That's the question. Well, why don't we ask her? She's a druid from Kilkenny, so she knows all things. I'm, a, I'm cheeky already. Emer, what does, your name, uh, what does your name mean? It means the woman of many gifts. That's like your wife, John. See what I did there? That's called sucking up. Right <laughs> My there. birthday's coming, so there's many gifts about to come to me. You, stop it. Emer, I, I'm sorry you have to put up with this Northern Ireland fool sitting across from me here. John McCauley, this is Emer. John, Emer, Emer, John. Hi, John. Hi, Emer. Kilkenny. I can never go back to Kilkenny because of an incident way back many years ago, but we can't talk about it on the air. Are you kidding? Well, it wasn't me. It was my friend. Oh, whatever. He <laughs> <No>. says in parentheses. <laughs> I'm joking. Um are we on the air now? We are. We're like, can you believe it? <laughs> yes. We actually talk like this on no. the radio. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You're live on the air. <laughs> <laughs> well, Emerberg is a practicing druid and has been holding druidic ceremonies for many years and facilitates rites of passage, including weddings, hand fastings, baby naming, welcoming ceremonies, and passing ceremonies. Uh, she holds uh, uh, private practice as a registered counseling psychologist in Reiki and uh, Shaman Master, uh, Shamanic Therapist. No, I didn't say that right. What's the, ma- this, I don't know how to say that. Psychom Master? What is that? I'm not too sure. Well, it's in your bio. Shamanic it says, Therapist? Uh, S-E-I-C-H-E-M. What's that? Oh, Sakim. That's what I said. No, you didn't. not at all, is it? <laughs> and it's Reiki, by the way. Oh, it's not Reiki? It's Reiki? I'm not. What is Reiki. it, Emer? Reiki. We're idiots. Um, shamanic therapist. You're a practiced storyteller and a priestess of the Fellowship of Isis. Now, these days, that can't be good in a good rap, eh? Why? Really? Because of the other Isis. Don't think people get confused or no? Oh, yeah. I haven't had that directly, but no. no. Most people know that it's the Fellowship of the Goddess Isis and um, that it's two different things. I mean, if, if you were to look up both, you'd say, there, I, I think... Islamic State wouldn't actually want to be associated with us. No. <laughs> True story. True story. Yes. Um, the website is KilkennyDruidry.com. Okay, let's get right to it. Druidry. It freaks some people out. Uh, like John is just... John, do you know anything about... You don't, do you? Well, I grew up in Northern Ireland, so it's part of our history. But do you give? Do you think they're, like, spooky or something? No, I, I'm, I'm intrigued to listen to our guest today. <laughs> Should have seen him earlier. He was shivering and... Got down on his knees and crossed himself, and he was. <laughs> that is not true. I... <laughs> oh, I believe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So what? What is it? And then we we'll get to why do you do it? I mean, this it's. Very... Well, and, and how did you get there? Yeah, how did you get into druidry? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. We, we, that's the three questions you want. For, I, I'll tell you how I got there. Okay. I um, I spent a lot of time in Africa. And I, I first, I was originally a nurse and I went to Africa in the early 80s and I became interested in traditional healing. And then I went to Africa in the late 80s and I joined a healing group. And I worked, then I came back home and then I worked with a Native American medicine woman and I worked with an African healer from Tanzania, which was all very fascinating, but it wasn't from my tradition. So there was some missing piece. And then one day I was in a, a bookshop and this book jumped out and it was a book called The Modern Day Druidess by uh, an English druid called Cassandra Eason. And I looked through the book and I bought it and read it and I thought, this is it. And it mentioned the the, the order, Obad, that, that I'm a member of. 
So I joined OBOD, that was in 2003. You said, this is it. What was the it that you read that you went, this is it? Okay, so when I was working with the Native American medicine woman, I was working with the, the Tanzanian healer. It's a very much around a nature-based spiritual path and connecting with the landscape. But the North American landscape wasn't mine and the African landscape wasn't mine, even though I've, I've lived and been to Africa many, many times. But it, my roots weren't there. So when I read her book, it was like a nature-based spiritual path from these lands. So that's what clicked with me. And also she was very pragmatic. You know, you can be a druid and live in a city. You don't have to be deep in the forest. Now, I'm fortunate that I don't live in the city. I live in a rural area, so I can be really, really connected with the landscape. But it made it, it was doable. It seemed to be very, very, a very pragmatic, practical uh, path to follow. Um, so I took to it. And it's, um, I mean, I, I come from a Roman Catholic background. And uh, with Druidry, there's no dogma. Um, there's no sins. There's no heaven and hell. And uh, the morality comes from within. We don't have a big book that we follow. But you have your own internal moral compass from which you operate and you take responsibility for your actions and that you have an ethical filter around any of the decisions that you make and how you live your life. Okay, having said what you just said would indicate to me that one cannot be a Christian and a Druid. Is that fair or is that ridiculous? No. That's ridiculous. (laughs) Just thought I'd put words in your mouth. (laughs) I'd be polite. I won't say it's ridiculous. No, you can be a Christian and a Druid. We have many members in our order who regard themselves as Christians. You can be, if you have, if you follow a nature-based spiritual path, you can be a Muslim and be a Druid, and you can be a Christian, and you can be Jewish, and you can be a Hindu. It's how you hold those pieces within yourself. So our order... And when people come to my ceremonies, people come from many backgrounds. And, um, for example, many people who come to my ceremonies here in Kilkenny mightn't regard themselves as Druids, but they are drawn to the ceremonies they have, and they are drawn to nature. So, yes, you can be both, but it's up to you to hold how to uh, navigate your way between Christian beliefs and and Druidry. Okay, uh, now I'm thinking about, oh, you know what, I you don't know this about me, but... I, Emer, I would never, I don't typically do this or bring this up, but I, you, you've made me think of something, and so I'm going to bring it up. Okay. And it goes a little something like this. In Romans, in the New Testament, there's a part that, I know, John, I just, John just about fell off his seat. I'm quoting scripture here, which is weird. Um, no, but there's a part in Romans that says, basically, correct me if I'm wrong, John, because you're actually more spiritual than I am. <laughs> something like, uh, people have begun to worship the creation instead of the creator. And Paul is trying to steer people back towards worshiping the creator as opposed to the created, what the creator has created. And so there seems mm-hmm. to be a, a, a conflict there between Christianity and, and Druidry. Am I, am I goofy again? Tell me I'm goofy. No. If you're <laughs> fundamentalist about things, yes, there's always a conflict. Because if you're fundamentalist, your way is the only way that's right. And any other worldview is wrong. But if you have, I suppose, a less fundamentalist or maybe a a broad perspective on the world and on on spirituality, then there is no conflict. And it's interesting, within Druidry, you can be monotheistic, you can be polytheistic, I I have some Druid colleagues who are atheists, and you can also be animistic, which is where divinity is in the landscape. 
What's wrong with your face? John John just made a twingy face over here. I'm throwing him under the bus. Pull that. No, I I just, I, so just help me understand that. So it feels like people are creating their own thing and nature seems to be the source of that. So, I mean, so you can be anything you want within Druidism. Is that right? You can create your own. There's no special revelation. There's no insight. It really is be in touch with nature, you know, and then create. Just help us with that. Okay. Are you asking, do we make it all up? Are you asking that? You can't be. That sounds kind of cheeky, John. Well, I'm, I'm from Northern Ireland. But, no, it, I think I, I, <laughs> that's a very, you're very brave. No, I mean, that, that, I think that's a very fair question. All religions are made up. Oh, snap. How do you like that? Oh, we, I mean, oh, we so need to have a pint together. <laughs> and I mean that in a respectful way. Yeah. Um, I don't mean to be dismissive. I mean, Moses came down from the mountain and he said, God spoke to him. How do we know? Uh, Abram tells a story that God told him to sacrifice his only son. How do we know? Some person said this. And we have maybe, for many, many Druids, and and many non-Druids, have revelations that come to them privately. They have their own individual um, personal experience with divinity, however they define divinity. So some religions are based on a book written by not by God, and the Bible was not written by God, it was written by mostly men, I suppose, yes. They, anyway, we won't go into that. But um, these books have been written by men who say it's based on the Word of God. Yeah, except... Oh, gee. I'm just going to go to the bathroom <laughs> now. <laughs> the ten things Moses came down the hill with were pretty important things and have shaped society very positively. So, rather, I mean, they... They seem to me they have principles that would make the world a better place. So, you know, I, yeah. But what the what the druids uh, talk about, or any pagans that I've hung out with, if, if we if Christians lived by some of the stuff that the druids and the pagans that I've hung out with, if they lived by their code a little more, the world would be a better place. How do you like them apples? <laughs> I mean, I think the Ten Commandments are fine. Um, except a lot of people aren't living by them who claim to be Christian or whatever. Uh, And Druids have their own, um, you know, you reap, what is it? You reap what you sow. And we kind of work on, you know, like the law of the harvest. So what you put out, you get back. So that we come, well, we aim to come from a very moral, I suppose, ethical, responsible standpoint, that we are responsible for the choices we make, we're responsible for our actions. Mm. Um, so I don't think Christians or anybody who necessarily follow the Ten Commandments are necessarily better than Druids. Um, I think there's good people everywhere and also bad people. Uh, do, did you, have you met Philip Shalcross? No, I haven't actually. No. So I that was the Druid retreat center I stayed at when I was in... Um, in, oh, okay. In, in England, and uh, and uh, Elaine was another lady that was there, and I just had amazing conversations. Sat around. This is going to be. This is where the goofiness comes in again. Uh, Emer, they invited me to sit around the table. We're sitting around these great big Elizabethan chairs around a lovely table, and I look around the the dining room, and there's goblins and ghoul figure, ghoulish figures like stuffed animals. Just you know, it was kind of all done up, and there was Elizabethan. I don't know. There were things that made me go, "Whoa, what's going on here?" And then they passed a goblet around. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> and I started, you know, just a goofy, ignorant North American male. Um, go on. I, go on. <laughs> with, with, with Northern Ireland roots. Yes. Um, and I thought, oh, geez, you know, they're going to roofie me here. I, I don't know. I just got, and I, I, but it turned out to be lovely drink. It was called mead, and I've been drinking it ever since. A little sweet, but. Uh, it's beautiful mead. Yeah, yes. I love it. Yeah. And then we had lovely conversation, and Philip was there. Um, Gray Wolf is his, is his uh, yep. druid name. Would you say he's kind of one of the big kahunas in the whole druid scene? Um, I mean, I don't know him personally. He was a member of Obod, and then he left and um, set up his, what is it, British Druid Order. Right. I mean, he is, he, he's, uh, I mean, I don't know him personally, but he's a well-known uh, character in, in, in Britain, certainly. Yeah. Uh, but you even even in the Druid circles, you guys have, uh, you know, one group and then oh, somebody wasn't happy and they went off and started their own thing. Like you have divisions amongst yourselves, right? It's not all kumbaya 24-7 for the Druids. Well, as Obad, we, we don't, this is the, the order I belong to. Um, we don't regard anyone else to set up another order as, as the enemy or rivals. That it's seen as a very healthy thing when people may have done all their training within Obad, decide, you know, I'd like to have my own. And they're very, very welcome. And there's no animosity or no kind of um, resentment if people set up their own orders. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I know members of Obad would still be friendly with, 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 with Philip Shalcross from what I hear, that um, there's no it, there's no kind of, as far as I know, right. there's no enmity between them or rivalry. Right. That, uh, I like to say Philip who's the chief of Obad, would be friendly with Philip Shopcross. I mean, they would engage and talk and things like that. Yes, yes. Well, I had a lovely chat with uh, Cargom. Philip Cargom, Philip Cargom, yeah. Cargom yeah. two Philips, actually. Yeah. yeah, it's very confusing. I wish you guys had different names. Um, I know a, a, a Christian theologian who wrote a book about world religions, and I actually want to run by what he... There's a, just a couple of uh, paragraphs here that he has written about you guys, and I want to see if okay. what he has written is accurate. Do you mind? Sure, yeah. The Druids were apparently seers, soothsayers, and a sort of intellectual class in pre-Christian society in Gaul, France, Britain, and in Ireland. Now, I'm going to read a paragraph, stop, and see if there's any corrections. In the 2nd century BC, Julius Caesar reported on their role as judges and priests and on their proficiency in the physical sciences. They were believed to have magical powers and to offer human sacrifice. The Romans attempted to extinguish Druidism. Is that all fairly accurate? Yes. I'm not too sure about the human sacrifice. Um, I'm not too sure about the evidence for that. Um, I know certainly um, I haven't come across Irish accounts of that. I suppose the Druids were not, didn't write anything down themselves. So all we know about the Druids are what the Romans wrote, and they were certainly very biased. I mean, they're, when they came to Britain, their <clears throat> agenda was to destroy the power of the Druids because they were, <clears throat> as you said, they were judges. They had lots of. They were the scientists. They were the, the right. I suppose, the leaders of the time. Though not kings. Um, in Ireland, the, the military Romans didn't come. The religious Romans eventually came and colonized and got rid of the Druids. But then, what we know about Irish Druids is what written by the the, the early Christian monks. Um, so what you said, apart from the human sacrifice. And a, a number of people actually mentioned that to me. And they said, how can you justify this around human sacrifice? And I go, well, number one, I don't know who did it. Um, 
I don't do it at the moment. <laughs> and, <laughs> at the moment. Um, at the moment. <laughs> at the moment, yes. She hasn't met us and yet. And it's interesting <laughs> because a human sacrifice is prevalent very much today and it's sanctioned by governments. You're talking about uh, death penalty. That's one. I'm talking about what you call collateral damage. Right. Where you justify dropping a bomb on a school to because it's beside where you think some terrorist is located. Right. That's all human sacrifice, yeah. and it's legitimized by governments all over the world. Yeah, we're back talking about Did ISIS again. Just turned that back on. Oh, back no, to no, Northern I'm Ireland. <laughs> I'm not talking about ISIS. I'm talking about the government's sanction. No. Yeah. Um, human sacrifice. So, okay. And call it. It's like it's a war. Um, so. Emer, let me, let me, I want to I just kind of uh, bring this right in. Someone meets you on the street, they're not gonna. They're not gonna go. Oh, you're a druid, right? You're just a normal-looking, normal dressed, uh, normally dressed person who works in society. It's a. It's kind of a. Uh, it's an addendum to your world, and and you offer. There's ceremonies and rituals, and the things that I'm sorry, I'm putting words in your mouth, and then you tell me if it's if it's ridiculous or not. The, the evidence for what ancient druidry was all about really isn't there, and so any anybody that's part of druidry today has sort of reincarnated what they think once was. Is that fair? I don't think they've reincarnated what they think once was. <laughs> yeah, what I said. <laughs> yeah, what you said. I, th- I think from, what, from, from the mythology, from the writings, we can glean uh, generally the framework of what Druidry was about. Okay? Mm. And what we, so we have a framework which might be, and we've actually put the flesh on. Right. And Druidry is growing. You know, um, in the in, in Britain, the Romans destroyed the power of the Druids. So there was the, the Druid revival in, what is it, 1717? Sure. Uh, um, so you had the revivalist in, in, in Britain. Here, it didn't really die out. It always stayed just kind of... Um, under the surface, mm-hmm. there are there are some Irish druids who claim that they're hereditary druids. I'm not one such. Um, I, I get my my druidry has been inherited from the land, not from my bloodline. Right, right. As it were. So. Um, so what, hold on. What do you what do you do with it that's druidic? Uh, I mean, you do. You, we read about these ceremonies, but I mean, like if for example, if. Um, if somebody was to say to you, I'm a Christian, you go, well, what, what does that mean? What does that look like in your life? Well, I, I go to church on Sundays or I, uh, unfortunately, a lot of Christians are sort of known by what they don't do. You know, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do, I don't swear. And I also don't hang out with those Christians. Um, but, uh, you know, if you don't if, have those, we don't have those Christians in Ireland. No, no, no. Yeah. I had Sinead O'Connor on the show <laughs> just, a while ago. Just in the, the north. No. <laughs> just in the north. Yeah. Okay. Um, so how, like, what does being a Druid look like in your world? I mean, I saw pictures on your website, uh, which, by the way, is uh, is KilkennyDruidry.com. And you've got, you know, the gardens and the circles and there and there's a, looks like an area where you can do ceremonies and stuff but like do you do prayers at night before you go to bed do you do you believe in incantations and spells i mean i you know help the normal schmo on the outside really understand what being a druid is like in your world well i I don't perform spells that's the kind of the witchy thing i don't do that um i do have yeah i say prayers i um uh, perform rituals i have um for example I suppose druidry is okay. We have ceremonies. Eight, that we, we celebrate the eightfold wheel of the year, 
So next week we're celebrating the equinox. Um, and what we do is we look to the landscape as a metaphor for our lives. So we're coming in now to the equinox and this is a time of planting seeds and this is what you do in in the land and it's about a seed it can be anything it can be a plan to tidy up your house it could be to write a book to apply for a job to get fit whatever it is and as our ceremony we actually have um, seeds that we plant we take home the plants with us and nurture them and watch those grow as we carry out on the mundane level as well what it is we want to uh, achieve so we follow the landscape and the season and try and be mindful and live in harmony with the season that's that we find ourselves in. Yeah, I say prayers. I uh, open space. I use candles. I, I burn incense. I. It's all second nature to me. Um, like in my office, I'm a, I'm a psychologist, just so I open the space. I create a sacred space. I have candles. I burn incense. I clear it after every every client. So it's just, it's um, it sounds like a. This is again. This is just me being a tool. Um, okay. but it sounds like a, I hope you're not too sharp. No, 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 no. I, well, I'm certainly not sharp. Um, it's, it, it's, yeah, that's probably more like it in between. Yeah. No, but it sounds like a combination of like the hippies who are all earthy and Buddhism. It sounds like it's all about the earth and it, and it's all about peace, love, kumbaya, incense and beads. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm talking about. I just sound like a complete... I'm going to shut up now. You hate me so much. Wait, you're not allowed to hate. You're all... No, no, no. We all love. Um, I said, yes. I mean, there's nothing offensive in what you said. There's nothing... I, I don't I don't take any... I, don't Amir, I mean, said. it's... Sign, I mean, obviously, I'm coming from a different worldview where nature leads you towards not just something, not a practice, but someone. I mean, this signs... When I hear Druidism, I hear it, it signs... Like it's a bit of a cook. Like it seems strange. It seems it, it doesn't take you somewhere, but you're saying it does make you a better person. You show up into the world in a better way. But nature, it seems that, you know, it, it nature's always been seen in our tradition as leading you towards a creator as right. opposed to just a practice. Oh, Can you comment on that? Interesting. Well, I mean, yes, you can. I mean, we believe. I, I, I believe in the source and a higher power. So we, um, as Druids, we can. There is a, some people believe in one God, two gods, many gods. And what do you believe? Or divinity, divinity in in nature all around me. I suppose I, I, I move from. I'm animistic and theistic, and I'm able to weave my way between both. Um. So. In, from my druidic piece, mine, I'm more animistic, but as a priestess in the Fellowship of Isis, which uh, honors the goddess, I am theistic. So I, I move between both. I can hold them both. We're, now, go we're both gobsmacked. We're just sitting here like this is, is so interesting to me because when Christians struggle with their faith, You'll often hear, and John, you'll know this, you'll often hear, well, you know, go out into nature, and, and, and that's how you connect with God. You know, stop, maybe give the people a rest for a while, and get back into nature, and that's how you connect with God. Fair? Is that fair? Do you hear that a lot or no? Well, I certainly hear you go into creation. Yeah. You come out with a sense of awe, and you'll come out with a question, what caused this or who made this? Right. right. Mm-hmm. 
So it le- creation leads you towards something. It seems to me that the Druids have got it 30%, right, in terms of... <laughs> 30%. No, but I mean that. I mean that, you know, in in, in a kind way. Like, you're really? almost there, but but it, 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 where does it lead you towards? And obviously, you know, I come from a tradition that leads you towards a She person. doesn't know what kind of tradition you come from. I'm from Northern Ireland. She knows. Oh, okay. All right. Don't you, Amir? I'm not too sure. There's which tradition in Northern Ireland, and what has it led you towards? <laughs> the one, the one that doesn't kill people. Oh, stop it! <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean, I grew up obviously in Northern Ireland in the Protestant tradition. However, I would no longer call myself that for obvious reasons. But I mean, I come from a faith tradition of following, uh, obviously, Jesus. Okay, and I mean, you, you as a druid, you can do that, and. Um, Druidry is also, it has a philosophical stance, it's, there's healing involved in it, there's, we've, we talk about three strands in Druidry, so um, there's the bardic strand, which is a storyteller, the history keeper, the poet, and you would look for your inspiration from the goddess, Bridget, for example, is the goddess of poets. Um, there's a healing aspect, that's the... The, the divinatory soothsayer that you were mentioning that Julius Caesar described. Right. It's around healing. Right. Um, and then there's a philosophical piece. So that we think philosophically, we reflect on what we're doing. It's not just out yeah. hugging trees. <laughs> um, I know. What is the... Hold on. Can you help me understand? I saw some... Uh, you know, that retreat center I was telling you. I wish I could remember the name of that place, but beautiful people. I just had the best time staying with them. But they, they showed me pictures of where they got painted up like animals and roamed through the woods. Can you help me understand what that was about? I wasn't there, so I have no idea. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's you know, a very smart lady right there. She is. <laughs> well, well, well done. I said that once in a courthouse in a courtroom. <laughs> I wasn't there. I don't know what. It was. Um, no, I just. Um, yeah, I guess what bugs me about. Let me just say this about Christians' views on other faiths is the narrow-mindedness, which I think I've communicated quite nicely here. Um, but it's also <laughs> it's the um, it, it's the whoa you do what oh that sounds we- oh that's so weird you, you wear robes oh, wait you have staffs so oh, wait you you have okay, hand plastic so- but hold on but now think about all the stuff that Jesus people believe dude there's some whack stuff in there as well. You know, let's talk about the Pentecostals and the laying on of hands and the speaking in tongues and the, you know, so I, 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 I'm so far, I really am. What I'm trying to say is every tribe I know has something that can be, you can sort of chuckle at, but what the people are like actually is the litmus test for me. And the people that I've met from the from various pagan traditions, whether it's the witches I've met in Glastonbury who run the, the two witch shops there. Had, had a couple yeah. of lovely Cascales with them at a 15th Century Pub across the road or the Druid Retreat Center I hung out with. I mean, all these people. I have wanted to hang out with them far more than most Christians that I've met along the way. That's, I might be a little biased because, I don't know, I'm very intrigued and interested in in what you do as a Druid. Your ceremonies, your – like even the robes. I mean, compare that with the robes that the, the Catholics wear and the, and, the, and the big, tall, wonky hats. I mean – who are we going to chuckle at more? Well, I mean, then the question is, when do you get uncomfortable in Druidism where you go, hang on, guys, that's going too far. I'm uncomfortable with that. Oh, would you ever say that, Emer? That hasn't happened because there's nothing that has I've experienced as a Druid 
that has not been in keeping with my own values or my own uh, ethical uh, position on anything. Um, so no, I haven't. I haven't been asked to do anything, believe in anything that I would have thought. No, stop. Mm-hmm. There, 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 there is no uh, indoctrination. There's no things that you have to believe or do other than being, I suppose, respectful of each other mm-hmm. and have a, a respect for nature. So I've never been to a place, I've never been brought to a place where I felt, oh, God, no, this is wrong. No. When you say, oh, God, no, what do you really mean? No. Just, <laughs> shouldn't that oh, be, God, I snow. Oh, God, that's what I was going to say. I was just about to say that. I couldn't say it quick enough. <laughs> oh, man. Well, listen, um, thank you for enduring our, you know, we're at the end of the four-hour show. We're just... We're a little loopy here. Um, well, it's interesting you're talking about narrow-mindedness. I don't experience that here in Ireland. You don't? No. So when people find out, well, people, hold on, but people find out you're a druid in Northern... A I mean, there's people, well, I, I mean, I'm, obviously I'm in, I'm in Kilkenny. Um, I um, come from a Roman Catholic background. I live in an area where most of the people are Roman Catholic. Um, most people, most people know I'm um, I'm a druid. People are very, very friendly. Um, people are curious, and when if they say they've seen me on TV, there's two there's two programs I've been on 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 Irish TV as as a druid, hmm. and people are very friendly and very curious and very interested. I haven't yet had anyone come up and be horrible. Yeah, I think I think cur- I, I, curious. Been on this show. Curious is well, curious is a great question because I think we're all curious about it. Yeah, is there a connection no, we're, between we're respectfully curious? Yeah, respect absolutely. Yeah. and we're Canadian, so that, that you're, we're usually good I'm at sorry, doing the who's respect. Who's Canadian? Thing. I, well, you are. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> the, the, what's the connection between Druidism and Halloween? Is there a connection there? Halloween is originally it's called Samhain here. Okay. That's that that's originally Irish. That when um Irish people moved over to the US they brought Samhain with them. And that is where you it, it's one of the three times in, 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 in the Celtic tradition where the veil is thinnest between this world and the other world. So it's also the time of the Kalyuk. She's the the the, the, the the hag or the crone aspect of the triple goddess who's Bridget, mm. who's the maiden mother and crone. So this Samhain is her time. That's why you, they dress up as witches, okay? And why you ghosts and ghouls is because the ancestors from the other world come. Right. Uh, and the mischief pit was a time, you know, the, the tricking and treating and all that kind of stuff was a time when the normal um, restrictions on behavior were lifted for for that time. And Samhain means the end of summer, and it marked the beginning of the Celtic New Year. So um, the only thing that we've brought back that's American, which I uh, agree with, is the pumpkin, because they're much easier to carve than turnips. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're very practical people. That is the best line of the show right there. Oh, my goodness. That's funny. (laughs) So a lot of people used to think, oh, this is American. It's all commercial. It's like, no, it's Irish. I went to America and then went commercial. And it's still commercial here. But for example, we will have a, we have a ceremony where we invite our ancestors. We call them in. We have a feast with them. Uh, the Kalyuk comes and she brings her cauldron and we place our what we no longer need into, into the cauldron. She takes it away. So if you look at the Kalyuk in the landscape, she's the wind and the rain and she sweeps the leaves from the trees and she beats them into the ground where they become food for the roots. 
she brings the frost that holds the seeds that need to be held until they germinate in the spring. So that's what Samhain is about. And of course it falls. It's it's the same time as the Day of the Dead and All Souls Day, All Saints Day. Yeah, yeah. So the Christian... Uh, actually, you find with all of the eight festivals, there is a, a Christian um, festival beside it, near it. So you have the winter solstice, you have Christmas, for example. Right, right. Listen, Emer, uh we... I've got to get you back in the show. We've completely run out of time. We're at the end of the show, and you have been delightful and patient. Mm-hmm. Right? Delightful Absolutely. and patient. Thank you. Well, it's one of my gifts. It's oh, one of my gifts. Beautiful, beautiful. Emer, uh, Emer uh, Burke, uh, uh, she is a real Emer life. Burke, yeah. She's a real life druid from Kilkenny, Ireland, folks. Uh, KilkennyDruidry.com. Fascinating stuff. I would love to speak with you again, and I hope we do. Thank you for joining us well, for our, our St. Patrick's Day show. Thank you so much, Emer. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Bye-bye, Drew. Bye. 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 Bye.